Once again, thanks for being here. You get to join me and sitting at a table today. It's a great place to sit around and look at the back of heads of people and see people and take notes. And kind of reminds me of our days when we started the church. We were at AUM, School of Nursing, and we would preach and lead worship from the bottom. We would look up. It looked kind of like the Oprah show. It was really kind of a cool arena. And uh, it wasn't an Oprah show, though. And then we would do worship. But in those desks, we had fold out, uh, you know, it was a classroom. So people loved that. When we moved here, they always wanted, man, where did things go? Well, those are kind of expensive chairs, and they're too heavy to move. Well, today, take advantage of having a table in front of you. Uh, I want us to look at a verse at the top of your worship guide. Turn over to the back, a place for looking at scriptures, writing notes. So many of you do that, and I'm, uh, hopefully it helps you through the course of the week and the journey that you have with Christ. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul, in the first chapter, the 12th verse. This is the new contemporary version. It's a little bit different maybe to what you read, but the gist is there. Listen to this. I mean that I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. See, there's a thing about mutual dependency in authentic Christianity. In authentic Christianity, there is a realization that we need one another, that we need Appa, Papa, Father, God, and that we need each other. And this morning, we're trying to create the living illustration that you see the need of community as you kind of sit there and kind of just do worship this morning. There's a receiving and depending on each other. Over 50 times in the New Testament, we're commanded to do different tasks for one another and for each other. So through Scripture, the premise is this life is not about us. It's about our relationship with the Father, but it's also about our relationship with each other. So we're going to look at some kingdom truths. It's like I ask you this question, who uses the front door? Well, guess do. At the church, we have front doors. You come in through the parking lot. You meet Sean and team. You come in. You see Zelda and team. And people love you, and they and they and they celebrate you. You come into the living room. This is what we call our worship center. But it's a guest environment. We have people that are far from Christ. We have people that just committed their life to Christ last weekend. People that did it 30 years ago. People that will do it next month. It's just a, a fun place to come. But here's our goal. Our goal is that you would connect with the living God through the person of Jesus Christ. And we've seen so many people do that. People have just come to trust Christ as a Savior and Lord of their life. And so here I want you to look at the table. We want you to move into the table, to the kitchen experience. There's something about doing life at the kitchen table. In our homes, I said last weekend, it's a sacred deal. And as I talk about dinner invitation, you receive an invitation to come to a dinner. And hopefully you respond, you go, hey, Count on me. I'll be there. Have the ribs ready. Like next weekend and next Monday is Labor Day. How many of you are going to eat some good food? Yeah, and I ain't had any invitations yet. What, what's wrong with you? No. But, you, but you're going to invite friends and family, and, or they're going to invite you, and you're going to gather around, and you're going to watch some events, or you're going to eat and swim and hang out, and God knows what you're going to do, hopefully all good things. But I want us to look at this this morning. What is spiritual maturity? Well, if you look there, it's, it's already written in, but I want you to look at this slowly. It's a lot less about what you know, and it's more about how well you love. 
Now, I do not want to minimize uh, the commitment that we need to have and discipline to Holy Scripture. For over 30 years, I've been following Christ, loving, studying His Word. Even went to seminary so I could study His Word on a different level. I, I want to be like a Berean. I want to study. I want to know the Word of God. First Peter says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of this book and of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is paramount that you grow there. But let me say this. It's a means to an end. It's about a relationship with Abba, with the Father God. And you're saying, well, and this relationship with others. Where do you get this idea? I get it from Jesus. See, Jesus, the, the guys there wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted to say, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? What, what is it, Jesus? We have 600. We have 30. We have these. We don't know what to do. Jesus, what is it? Jesus goes, I'll sum it up in two. I'm not going to do it in one, but I'll do it in two. And if you look there on your outline, Matthew 22, 37 through 39, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then love your neighbor the people that sit with you, the people that do life with you as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. But we make Christianity hard, difficult. Uh, sometimes people don't want to join up because they're like, man, what does that mean? I see Christians, they turn me off. But I believe there's two pursuits here. Get ready to write them down. Point A, seek Him. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and I'll add all other things unto you. We seek the righteousness, the holiness, the narrow path of God to walk with our Savior hand in hand and to know Him, to know His heart, getting to know Him, not about Him. And I'm going to dif differentiate in that in a minute. And B is we seek a loving relationship with people, with people outside the walls of our church, people in our office, people in our schools, people at our tables, people in our room, people that just live, that draw air. You see... In our family, one of the ways that my girls spell love is S-H-O-P, shop. And so a lot of times people say, you're a girl dad, proud of it. I'm all about pink, baby. Pink became my favorite color when Rachel was born. Well, really not my favorite color, but I, but I like that color. And then Hannah just, man, she just like, oh, dad, pink, pink, pink. I'm like, yeah, baby. Okay. So I'm okay with that. I learned to carry my wife's diaper, our kid's diaper bag that was pink when they were little and stand for Jesus. And that'll humble a man quicker than anything. I remember when my friend Mike Colin, the former Captain Crunch of the Miami World Dolphins, I remember he walked in one day and I, Donna says, baby, we want to get you a pink shirt. I said, you're pushing it too far. And I remember when Mike Cullen walked in with a starch pink shirt, and I go, you the man, I'm getting one. And I got one just because Captain Crutch wore one. There was something about my manhood being attacked. But here's what I want to say to you. We shop for clothes, and when we shop for clothes, I like to look for tags. In a, in a bookstore, if I see a yellow tag, I buy it because it means it's on sale and I can get more books. Sometimes I've got some horrible books that way. But in clothing, you look for yellow tags, red tags, and it means reduced sale. And sometimes they have this word, irregular, buy as is. No refunds and no exchanges, Bubba. It didn't say Bubba, but it could. And, and as you look there and you go in there because you see there's an irregular uh, button. There's an irregular zipper. One sleeve is longer than the other. <laughs> Who knows? It's just they're irregular. Well, John Orberg took up on this irregular thing one time, and I love what he said. He says this. He goes, wouldn't it be great in the body of Christ if we had tags that hung out of the back of our shirt that said irregular people here? This person suffers from a poor self-esteem. This person is prone to anger. And, and let me just tell you, right now, as you look around, look around the people at your table or on the rows next to you, look around. They're irregular. But so are you. 
I mean, we're all irregular. I love it. I told the last crowd, I come to a church of misfits and irregulars and we give praise to God. Let's put our hands together right there. Irregular people. I love that. Some of you aren't clapping your hands. You need to. I mean, you wait till you get home and ask somebody, am I irregular? Baby, big time. Big time, man. You're just odd. But, you know, somehow when we come together, we improve the quality of life as we sharpen one another through the Scriptures and through our prayer life and through what God's doing in our life. And, and we just hang out and we listen. This morning I walked down the hall and I, I saw a group of people meeting and I saw somebody in a tearful, broken moment, but I saw other people ministering to them. Nobody even knew I saw that. And it, I just said, God, that's the church being the church. Irregular people that have irregular patterns and, and deals. Listen to this. We can know, fill it in, we can know the right things and not know God. We can get it right externally, but we can just miss loving Jesus. See, we can, we can know all the theology and systematic theology, and we can know all about God, but never know God. I know people today that have memorized Scripture. They know Scripture, and that's a good thing. There's a great chance you can be transformed there because the, the Word has power. But there are some people that have just made it a textbook. I've talked to kids in Christian schools, and they go, it's a textbook. I go, no, it's the living, active Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is alive. It will change your life. And then some people say, well, how about the deeper teaching? Because as we talk about here, loving, hanging out, doing relationships with people, you're going, well, how about the deep stuff? Well, I, I can give you some deep stuff. And you say, well, I want graphs and charts and Greek words. And, and, and all that's fun and has a place. But I'm going to give you the deepest thing I know. I want to give you John 13, 35, and then make another comment. By, all, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for the other. Let me give you the deepest teaching I know. D-E-E-P. Deep. It's deep. Are you ready? Get ready to write. Everybody get your pen out. Get ready to write this. This is huge. This, this uh, kingdom truth could transform Montgomery, Alabama, the river region. Love your enemies. Whoa. Love our enemies. We can't. Christ can't with agape love. Pray for those. Love those that persecute you those that speak all manner of evil, those that insult you. Love your enemies. And God says that's what it is because it's not going to church every weekend. It's not doing all this and this. But the hallmark of a Christ follower is they have love. And the surrounding, all-encompassing love of God expresses itself inwardly, but it has to get out and it makes an expression of faith. It makes an expression of glory to the King. Glory to God. It just says, God, I love you, but I love those that are created in your image. So we have spiritual disciplines to serve externally, but internally we don't love God sometimes. Internally we don't love people. We don't express His love. So we have a familiar passage. When I do a wedding ceremony, I've read it many, many hundreds of times. 1 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul speaking, verses 1 through 8. Listen, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm only a sounding, a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have a faith that can move mountains but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. But love is patient and love is kind. It is not envy, it is not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking, yes, it is not even easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong, wrongs. But love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Yes, love never fails. That's the idea of marriage to God. 
That's the idea of marriage in a wedding ceremony that we will love with the love of Christ. It's the idea of the church, that the church would be a loving angel. But the Pharisees were unparalleled. They're zealots. They're religious. They know Torah. They know law, but they don't really know God. They know about Him. And in America and in the Bible Belt, it breaks my heart. There's so much knowledge out there. A lot of people say, well, there's a lot of immaturity. There's a lot of immaturity, but there's also a lot of knowledge that knowledge has done nothing to transform and shape the heart. And yet God wants us to love Him more and people more. Love Abba more. Love Papa more than I've ever loved Him. Love people more. And as I look at that truth, I want you to feel this in. We live, living relationally is worth the cost. To be a relational person is to realize that that will take a risk. It will take me risking my reputation. It, it might take being uncomfortable, but I'm willing to go there, invest in others. Amazing things happen when we do that. And we take risk and we get involved and we make an investment in somebody's life and maybe they make an investment in ours. Because, you see, I know that there's relational holes in this room. We all have a need, whether we're an introvert or extrovert, we have a need for community. We have a need for relationship. That's right. I, I, even you. I don't care what anybody says. It's like, man, not me. We, we need each other. Just some of us aren't as convinced as others. So I want to give you something here, how to grow spiritually. Number one, get ready to write. Spiritual growth happens in close living when we don't hide. When we don't put on the mask, but when we choose and determine in our hearts to take down the guard, then something happens because we want to hide who we really are. And by that hiding, it takes time to build closeness. And in small groups, and I'm talking about these two weekends, and as people responded overwhelmingly last service, so people are going to lower the guard, and they're believing God for more than they are right now. And God gives grace. And, if, and some people say, well, if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't want to be close to me. You, you wouldn't call me. Well, try it. See if they will. See if we can be known and know others. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, the setup there is in the garden. And they've walked with God, and it's been paradise, and they sinned. And then they realized that they were naked, and they were ashamed, and, and they covered up with the fig leaves. And ever since then, people have been hiding from God. And in our church, and in the church of America, and the church of the world, people are hiding. They feel the temples, they feel the edifices, but they hide. And in a campus that runs three, four, five hundred people, people hide. Because there it's, it's safe and, and I'm calling you to step out and to take a next step and to have courage. And in last service, I'm here to report to you, many people had courageous acts of faith and they stepped over the line. God is there. So when their eyes were open in, in Genesis, they were aware, they hid from God. And let's don't pretend that we're somebody we're not. Let's just say, hey, this is who I am. I have a need for growth. Love me, I love you. Secondly, spiritual growth happens in close relationships, how we should share how God is at work in our lives. That's what we're going to do in one of the groups that I'm leading and other groups. We'll just share, this is what God is up to. This is what He's teaching you, and this is what He's teaching you, and this is what He's teaching Him, and this is what the Scripture says, and how does it bear witness? And we just get real and raw and authentic and honest, and we go, God, I need more. And we give Him praise, and we acknowledge the work which He has done. Did you hear that? We acknowledge His work in our lives and we praise Him. And we also acknowledge when He's at work and we don't like the outcome and it's tough and it's difficult. In Joshua chapter 4, Joshua led the people there of Israel across the Jordan. 
And it's a beautiful story, but there's, there's a concept there. Is he gave instructions to the people. He told them to take up the stones representing the 12 tribes. And he told them to build up a memorial and that people would look and they would say, what is that? And they would tell the story of the faithfulness of God. And I'm asking us to build memorial stones around our tables or in the kitchen tables that we build a memorial of this is how God works in the life of people that choose to do it together. Amen? And many people are choosing to do that. And, and right now, can I just say, I can just start crying right now and cry till we finish. Because I have seen God move this morning unprecedented like I have in months and months and months. Glory to God. And I'm believing right now, some of you are saying, we're not even members yet. I don't give a flying rip. Can I make it any clear? Get in community. We believe if you get in community, you'll want to do life with us and we want to do life with you. And remember, we're the church of the irregular people. You got that? I know somebody's like, man, what's he talking about? You know what I'm talking about. What does it mean? It means we share our story. We share our struggles. Because I don't want anybody to get divorced in this church from this point forward. And if you're going through a hard time, it's time for us to be the church and let's come in and speak life to one another in Jesus' name and not just let our lives fall apart and nobody knows. What kind of church is that? That's a weak church. That's what kind of church that is. I want to be a biblical Acts 2 church where we share as we have need one with the other. Whole nother message. See, to go solo is painfully wrong. Let's do it with Christ. And the third thing is this. Go there quickly with me. Spiritual growth happens in community. When you choose to let down your guard and you choose to, to come in and to look. This morning, this section we did pretty good. We got all these people in tables last time. We had tables full. We had chairs full. But over here we have some chairs. And the thing is, we it's a living illustration. We want to invite you from the rows to the circles. From the rows to the tables to sit around and do life with other people. And not just say, hey, I can't do that. But we want you to hear stories because it takes wisdom to come sit at the table. It takes courage. But I think wisdom will come out of the table as people teach God's Word, as they share God's Word, as they share the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. I just believe this. I told Susan Harper after last service, I said, Susan, this is the church I signed up for 12 years ago. This is the church I've been praying for. And this morning I got a glimpse of how great Christ's community could be because our God is so awesome and mighty and He wants to build biblical communities of faith. And my prayers after today is said and done and over the next six months and six years and 60 years, boys and girls and men and women will rise up and they'll go, my God is mighty and we do biblical community in Jesus' name. We are the living church of the living Christ. Not, well, we're the church that gathers at Ryan Road. We have amazing worship. Forget that. That ain't going to change your life. That's a part of it. We want you to do life in Jesus' name. Look at this. Community is about attachment. An attachment with a body of believers that have one common goal. Write it down. The attachment for the common goal is Christ-likeness. How do we become more like Jesus? That's what it's about. That means I forgive and it means I pray and I love and I fast and I give and I share and I hang out and I'm patient and I'm loving and the Holy Spirit gets a hold of my life and it begins to work. And Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. It's a sense of connectedness. God wants to connect us with His heart but then with each other, with other believers. We build time and life for relational living. Relational living is risky and our relational gas tanks get empty. We need to fill them up. And we do that by choosing to be in small groups. I mean, no apologies about it. I, I believe it's the most significant thing we do. 
besides giving our life to Jesus Christ is choosing to do life in community with believers. And my prayer is that we get several that aren't believers, that they just hang out and they see Christ and the reality of Jesus, and they move from rows in the living room to circles of community. I, I'm going to tell you, I was back there at a table because Don and I have several groups ourselves, but there's a new one I'm starting, and I was watching up and down, and I could see people buzzing, and I, and I saw the excitement and the energy. And, and y'all, it was, it was life transformation just an hour ago. And I'm believing the same God that just moved is going to move again. Do you believe that, church? And so what I'm fixing to do is I'm fixing to just release you, and you're like, there's no way, there is a way, because that's the plan of the day. So here's what I want to say. Leaders, you that are leading groups, I want to release you to go to your tables. There's some 34 groups that are going to meet children through adults, although after this morning we're adding several more groups. Randy and the Gassaways will have to figure that out with Jesus this week. But here's the deal. There's at least 21 offerings right now that aren't packed, or they weren't packed. Some of them are packed, and they're going to have to split again. But here's what we're doing. For the next 15 minutes, this is not commercial break. This is not time to go to the potty. This is not time to go hang out with your best friend. This is time to go to these tables and see men and women and to talk to them about what are they offering and see what God would have you do because I believe every person in this room, I mean, y'all, last service, I saw people respond and I knew God was on the throne and He was moving and they were taking the next step of faith. Will you consider the next step? The next step is to courageously get up out of your seat, go talk to these men and women, be open to the spirit of the living God, and say, God, speak to my heart. What would you have me do? Here's a commitment. Make a decision today to love God more, to love others more. Those are critical. Then to not live in isolation any longer after this morning. I will choose to live in biblical community by the grace of Christ. And fourth, and this is a fun one, I will choose to do life with irregular people. And that's us. So right now, I want to have a prayer. Then I'm going to invite you to go to these tables and talk to people. Because let me tell you, here's what's so cool. We're going to do this for 15 minutes. And then we're coming back together. And there's one of the most anointed worship sets. And if we will worship Him and seek Him in the temple, I'm going to tell you, God is going to meet us in our worship of Him. But you're going to take a step towards spiritual growth if you're willing to respond now. Let's pray. Father, right now, I thank you for your amazing presence and life and joy on this campus. And I thank you for the ones that have labored and prayed for this day and what we've already seen. And Lord, yes, once again, do immeasurably more, Father. Lord, stretch, expand the borders. Give us new leaders. Give us more participants, God. Lord, let us be all that we can be because we want to do life together in Jesus' name. Father, right now, give courage to the young. Give courage to the old. Give courage to the middle age. God, move them out from comfort. Stretch them. Dig them deep in Jesus and make us like Christ. Father, do your great work. And we ask your Holy Spirit to rain down in Jesus' name. Amen. For the next 15 minutes, feel free. Some of them will feed you. Some of them will give you something. Just talk to them. Right side. Test. Jay. Jay.
We'll go ahead and make your way back to your seats. We're going to start a little worship here in about two minutes. Return to me. 
You guys will go ahead and make your way back. We're going to start some worship. If you guys are sitting at the tables, you can stand. If you guys are sitting in the back. How many of you guys signed up for a small group today? How many of you guys signed up for a small group today? How many of you guys signed up for a small group today? Very good. There you go. You and I pray to surrender. You and I choose to believe. 
sing this with me. Now I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as
Jesus. Oh Jesus, baby, all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Sin had left. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as God, we thank you for your blood. God, we're totally abandoned and surrendered to you right now. God, we thank you for your blood that washes us clean. God, when we were dirty and we were sinners, God, you cleaned us up. It was by your blood, God, that you spilled for our sins that we can stand here today and boldly proclaim your name. It doesn't matter what you've been through this week. Doesn't matter what we go through in our lives, God is still faithful. Amen. God, we love you. God, we want to sing this song to you, God. We want to give you all of our glory, all the glory that you deserve, God. Our whole being, our spirits, our minds, our hearts. God, we focus on you right now. No other distractions, nothing else. Clear it all out, Father. And let us focus our hearts on you. When peace like a
sins are completely gone. Come on, sing this with us. Oh, my sin.
listen to the psalmist this morning from Psalm 70. He says this, But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, Let God be exalted. May it be exalted in this place. May it be exalted in your life and may it be exalted throughout your week that Jesus Christ is your living hope, Savior, and King. Glory to the King. Let's put our hands together and thank God for His amazing presence this morning. Thank you, Lord. Oh, y'all, this has been a great day. Is that Mississippi preacher friend I used to have that died several years ago? He used to go, if this won't light your fire, your wood's wet. And let me tell you, today, man, we have seen the Spirit of God blaze in both services. I'm excited to see what Christ is going to do as He forms you and I to fashion us to be more like Jesus. That's what it's about. Let's take the journey together. Well, this concludes our service. We're going to invite you next weekend, but we need some help. Men, y'all were great last weekend to get us set up for the big You Are Gold banquet. And we continue today, and we had to do some other stuff.